Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I'm Andy, I host this show, and I have fun conversations with cool people who make cool music in and around the synthwave scene, and today I am chatting with Elevate the Sky. And we're going to get to that in just a second, just a friendly reminder that Beyond Synth is brought to you by the awesome Patreon and PayPal supporters, the Pattersons. Like my awesome Kings of the Pattersons. That's right, Mike Shima, Mike Erdahl, Tiber83, Brandon Decker, Timothy Carlton, Randy and Dinner Doug. You are all cool people. Thank you for your support. I would like to say that Riley both has upgraded their support. That's right, now in the 1450 Club. Wait a second. Uh-oh. It's not pronounced both, is it? Oh, you told me this too, didn't you? Wasn't this like years ago? Is it Booth? It's spelled both, but it's pronounced a different way? God, my memory sucks. Anyways, listen. Riley, thank you for your support. Okay, you're cool. And I know there's something about your name now that I'm seeing it that I'm meant to remember. And we have a new patron this week. That's right. So give a warm Patterson welcome to Woody Piano Shack. <laughs> Woody Piano Shack, thank you for supporting Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. And how about we do a random uh, $5 patron shout-out to Neon Zone and Chest Press Magoo. Anyways, okay, so we're going to chat with Elevate the Sky now. I should point out this was recorded several months ago. As I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, because the listener call-in shows ended up becoming like a seven-part series. Some of the chats I recorded I pushed forward. So this is one of them, but it's not a big deal. Uh, The other thing, not that this really matters, but we had this conversation about like overused songs in movies, and for some reason the reference that popped into my head was Paint It Black. Like that was the song where I'm like, you know, overused songs like Paint It Black, which is actually a bad example because I can only really think of a few references. You know, like it's in the end credits of Full Metal Jacket and in Devil's Advocate and in some movie commercials, but it doesn't really illustrate my point in the way that maybe Back in Black or Born to be Wild or Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye, like those are way more overused and I should have used one of those. Anyways, it's not a big deal. I don't know why I had to mention it. So let's go chat with Elevate the Sky right now. Well, I'm here right now with Elevate the Sky. Now, you have so many names in a row. So what do you, <laughs> what do you like? You, you sort of have, because your middle name is kind of like another first name. Yeah. Yeah. Just Scott. S- Scott yeah. cool. Totally cool, man. All right. It's just because the, the Eric is the part that I get. And then I go like, what do I say? Do I? Yeah. It's actually my first name. But when I was a kid, I did not like that name. So I chose my middle name as my first name. And it just kind of stuck from there. I don't mind Eric now, but I'm just so used to Scott. So I just stick with it. Is there people who call you Eric? Not really. I mean, every once in a while, somebody will. I know I worked at Borders Bookstore and there was there was like three Scots there. So they were like, 
you're gonna have to be Eric. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So they called me Eric. <laughs> <laughs> How was working at the bookstore? You know, I actually enjoyed it. It was probably my favorite job that I've had, at least for a corporation, you know, because most of them are not fun. But working at a bookstore is really fun. It's just walking around, picking up books and reading books on your own time. And that's about it, really. Speaking of uh, like corporate job things, today I went to Walmart and they were having one of their like pep meeting things, <laughs> but they do it like in the store. Oh, yeah. Like not in the back or in like some like the office or whatever. So like they're like literally clapping because fucking Steve's <laughs> been there for like 20 years. Yeah. And so so and so he's uh, celebrating his, uh, you know, 14th year working at Walmart and everyone's like clapping. And so there was like a bunch of workers. They were like in the clothing section having this public meeting. <laughs> I feel like there was one guy that was watching their meeting, like who wasn't an employee. And he's just like standing there. Like if he was like waiting for them to be done so he could ask somebody a question. <laughs> and it was really awkward to watch that guy because I'm sort of watching him like, what are you fucking doing? Like, this is embarrassing enough for yeah. these people. Like, and then he was like clapping along though, too. So I'm like, oh, wow. maybe he's like some backroom guy that doesn't need to wear the outfit. Maybe. I, anyway. <laughs> I can't deal with that stuff. I only had a normal job for a short amount of time. It was at a bank and we had to have these like daily like team meetings. Yeah. And it was like so useless because like where we worked wasn't like, it was not about upwards mobility in the section I worked in. <laughs> like the section I worked in was all about opening envelopes and taking money out and putting it in another machine. Yeah. And it was just me and literally like 40 other Filipino ladies who were like so much faster than I was. And we would have these stupid team meetings. It's like, what are you doing? Like, all you want us to do is sort money faster. So just let us do that. Like, this meeting is against your own interest. <laughs> like, just we want to work. Yeah. We don't want to hear you talk. Anyway, <laughs> did you have meetings like that at Borders? Yes, actually we did. And I actually worked at Walmart too. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's very similar. The same old pep talk, you know, and it's like, oh, great. Make us feel all happy and then realize that, well, you're not going to get paid that much or walk up the ladder that much. So I don't get that culture. Like, is it sort of embarrassing? Like, I'm the kind of guy to just like, just leave me alone. Just let me work. You're paying me to work. Yeah. Just let me work. And this meeting sucks. It's almost like more embarrassing. Like you'd think it'd be like, oh, it's great because you get to fall asleep or not pay attention. But it's almost like worse than doing work. Yeah, it's just a waste of like 15, 20 minutes. And then you later, you probably won't get your actual break because you're too busy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, let's trade that. Were you ever like employee of the month anywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Walmart, Whole Foods, Market. You know, I can't even remember if they did that at Borders. They probably did. But I wasn't there for very long because by the time I joined the team, they started shutting down stores. So I had to switch over to Barnes & Noble because they had you, shut down that holy store smokes. I worked at. <laughs> yeah. You've quite the fucking uh, history here, man. You've worked at all the big ones. <laughs> I've worked everywhere. That's what happens when you're a musician because, you know, <laughs> you don't really make money. You don't really make money as a musician. So you just always work in different jobs jobs that you're like, you know, I have to work a job where I can actually have this day or this weekend off for gigs. Mm -hmm. So you're just juggling all these weird jobs. Is there any more we can add to this <laughs> list or what? Oh my goodness. It goes on forever. <laughs> Lowe's, you name it. I've, I've worked them all. 
I've worked them all. Well, that's fucking wild, man. Yeah. Why do Why do you keep leaving them? Do you get bored? Do you get fired? Pretty much bored or, you know, looking for something with a little bit better opportunities. I guess the last one I worked at was Whole Foods. And that, that actually paid really well. And you could walk up the ladder pretty fast. They actually encouraged it. Like if you worked in Whole Body, which is like supplements, they'd be like, hey, you want to learn produce today? You know, they, they would let you like shadow somebody or if you were interested in learning other departments you could do that and move quickly so that was really fun (laughs) (laughs) well you're a responsible man always working that's a good thing thank you (laughs) thank you very much i mean at some point i feel like i'm gonna have to get a normal job again and i don't know what how i would even do it oh man like i don't even know what i would put on a resume like to go into like a regular working place and be like what have you been doing for the past little while i'm like like an internet radio show for like synthway like i mean like what do you i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> like how does that transition into like but at the same time i don't want a job that requires my brain right yeah i've said this a million times on the show but i just want to stack boxes and just have fucking earphones in my ear yeah i'm kind of in the same position too because after all the retail and all the, the different kinds of work that i did over the years you know i started doing uber because it was the one thing that made sense That would give me my own time, my own schedule to do my music. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped doing that, you know, start doing music and things start picking up. But I'm like, you you know, it's just not paying the bills anymore. So I might have to go back to work myself. (laughs) Well, at least uh, you have a nice looking resume. No, thank you. I want your, if I go looking for a normal job, I want your resume. (laughs) Hey, there (laughs) you go. I'll let you borrow it. (laughs) Geez, well, you know, I was at Borders, but then I they they shifted me over to Barnes and Noble, and I was at Walmart and Whole Foods and Lowe's. Yep. Some of these places aren't even in Canada. Yeah, I'm like a world traveling worker guy. Actually, no, I think we have all of these. I think so. At yeah. least a lot of them. I should move up to Canada and work at Sobeys or something. <laughs> Tim Hortons. <laughs> oh, Tim Hortons would be a shit job, man, because they're so busy. Yeah. I mean, even in like my my area, there's like literally like population like fifty, and there's like four Tim Hortons, and like there's always like lineups out the door and shit. Wow! Listen, before we get carried away here, <laughs> I think we should listen to some music. Let's do it. You put out this album, and there's lots of songs on it, and they're good. So we're gonna listen to a bunch of them. Oh, thanks. Tell the audience what it's called. Dreaming in color just come out in October. It's wait, what? What? This is like a fucking uh, premiere. What the hell? No, 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 no. It, it's been out for a month. Oh, we're in November now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, dude, my brain is a fucking puddle of shit. Okay, I. <laughs> I should know. It's literally my birthday last week, and this, my birthday is not in October, so I should know my own life. <laughs> The point is, uh, it's a good album, and uh, why don't you. we why don't we listen to the titular "Dreaming in Color" by Elevate the Sky.
And that was Dreaming in Color by Elevate the Sky. And I'm here, Elevate the Sky, right now. Scott, a very diligent and responsible man. (laughs) And when he needs to work, he works, and he works everywhere. Everywhere. And when he's not doing that, he is producing music. So how does that work then? Like, it seems like you you work in, like, proper jobs, or were you always doing, like, part-time? How do you have time to do the music? Do you just do it when you get home? How do you have time for a social life? What gives man? Oh, man. Well, it's it's kind of varied over the years. I would say over the past five years or so, it's been part-time. And so that's you know, allowed me to have a lot more time for my music. But when I worked full time, yeah, it was just whenever I could get the chance. Because, you know, you'd get home from work, you're just tired, just like, I don't feel like doing anything. But mm-hmm. sometimes I'd have to force myself or I wouldn't have any music at all. So, yeah, but working part time has really opened up the doorway for me to be able to do this. So I'm really, really, really gracious of that. Do you ever date your co-workers? <laughs> I definitely have. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, talking about finding time for your personal life as well as music and then your job. Yeah, that's a lot to, you know, you just kind of subtract in other places like, okay, well, I'll sleep less or I will play less video games or I will just not go out. (laughs) Well, I do the not going out thing, but it's hard to uh, (laughs) the video games and sleep, man. They're important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of vitamin C and vitamin B in those. So. (laughs) Fuck sakes. Dude, Johnny, my kitten, is trying to climb. So I, I have like a little office, which I've put uh, moving blankets on the walls mm. for sound because I do not have the budget for a proper <laughs> sound protection. And uh, the kitten's been climbing them. So he just gets there and he just climbs all the way up. And uh, he just climbed and pulled the cable out of one of my monitors. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. And I can't. And I'm trying to figure out how to get back there while still talking to you with it. You fucking goof. God, you hey, see, cats, he's so damn they will cute. Find a way. He's like the cutest cat, but he's got like a squishy faced Persian <laughs> and he's orange. He's like the same breed as Chester, but uh, he is a fucking little troublemaker. Okay, how about this? I got my earphones on so I can hear what you're saying. Tell me how you got into the synthwave scene, man, and I will listen diligently as I try and find the cable for my monitor. (laughs) Okay, so back in 2014, now I discovered synthwave in 2011 because I saw the movie Tron Legacy at the theater, got on YouTube looking for the soundtrack, just going down all these rabbit holes, discovered Laserhawk and Kavinsky, that kind of stuff. Uh, fast forward, because I was doing other music at the time, more like rock and stuff like that. So I, I didn't quite jump on in, on the scene. But in 2014 and 15, I think it was in some kind of clothing store and they were playing Electric Youth, Innocence. And I immediately got out my phone for Shazam, you know, got the song, went home, found it on YouTube, the video. So I guess that was 2000 and late 2014. And then the rest is history. That just led me down a rabbit hole and I discovered like the midnight and you know FM 84 later on Michael Oakley and Morgan Willis so the music I was already writing was already kind of retro in the sense that it was kind of 80s a little bit kind of 90s and so I just kind of scrapped everything I was already writing except for a few songs and just tried to add that synthwave flavor to it and It really took me a long time because I was having a hard time deciding if I just wanted to write fresh, you know, just brand new songs. 
and scrap everything. And so that took me a long time to finally come to the conclusion of like, you know what? I'll just keep a couple of songs and just try to put the synthwave stamp on them and then write new stuff. And that's why it took me longer than I wanted because initially I was going to try to release the album in like 2015 and... It really took the entire 2016 and 2017 to finally find my sound that would fit into Synthwave. And so I finally released some music in late 2017. But I didn't release the album until 2020, so that goes to show you like <laughs> how slow I work. <laughs> when you say you're making like more kind of rock music before, was that like did you have a name or were you still just making music and figuring things out or did you actually release stuff in other genres? I did have a name called Fears In for a little bit, but I scrapped that name pretty quickly. And I did release on MySpace and then of course you know MySpace disappeared, so all that music is gone online, but I guess it was probably around 2015 and 16 that I decided, you know what, I'm not going to use Fears In for the synthwave stuff. So I come up with Elevate the Sky because I was trying to find something that sounded really positive and uplifting, kind of like Sky's the Limit, but I didn't want that to be my band name. You know, Sky's the Limit. You didn't so consider thought, Fears End 83? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I came really close to scrapping Elevate the Sky for, I think it was something like Prototype 86 or something crazy like that. Yeah, so I almost scrapped Elevate the Sky for one of those number names. Is uh, is 86 your number? No, just it wasn't used at the time. You know, you had FM 84 and, you know, you had Time Cop 1983. So I thought, hey, 86, you know. Oh, yeah. And then September 87 came along. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Dan Terminus have like a generator at one point? I think so. I swear he put up a little website with a little simple generator that did yeah. uh, synthwave names. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's fun. That was so much fun back. I guess it was probably around 2015 to 2017. There was this retro pool group on Facebook and from time to time we'd all get on there and just post like you know hey post a synth the most synthwave name you can come up with and we kept that post going for weeks it was just tons of just you know everything you could think of <laughs> I do like this new wave in the synthwave scene of nostalgia for the early days of the synthwave scene yeah and it is <laughs> it is a thing we <laughs> I catch myself doing it and a lot of people we catch ourselves in conversation where it's like oh are we t like remember remember 20 15 man going on the facebook group and doing this and that <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's so funny oh, yeah. to just be nostalgic for the nostalgia scene like it's, it's a funny thing it is man and i remember you know certain moments like it was yesterday because in the retro pool group they had this contest uh battle of the bands and this is where i met megatronics you know power rob and dark rob and the reason why I met them, because they were one of the very few people that, because I lost, you know, I think I'd come in third or second place or something like that. And Megatronics won. They were like the only people to reach out and say, congratulations, man, your stuff was awesome. So I remember that. And I'll always remember that, you know, Megatronics was so cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lesson for all of us out there. You know, there's nothing like a little bit of positivity on the internet. Exactly. To even out all the horrible, horrible, horrible shit on the internet. Yep. <laughs> it just sucks that the uh, the darkness is so much more powerful. 
Yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> it keeps us going, though. You know, it, it gives you a little kick in the ass, you know, so you can, you know, lift yourself up. And, you know, sometimes you do need to change, right? Like if you're comfortable and all this stuff starts happening, well, it literally helps you get out of your funk. But if that didn't happen, you probably would just, you know, rot away the same boring person. You yeah, know? you're going to be, are you going to be that guy that stays at Walmart forever? Or are you going to be that guy that says, you know what? I'm going to Whole Foods. <laughs> Yes. And then I'm going to go to Borders, yeah. and I'm going to leave behind a chick in every place. That's going to be my trajectory. Every time I go to a new job, I'll get a new lady. There you go. <laughs> new job, new lady, <laughs> new music, new music genre, right? It's like, what's next? I like pretending to be a cool guy. <laughs> it's fun. My actual life is just me sitting in a little tiny room that is covered in blankets all over the walls with a kitten who's unplugging my computer. That's my life. <laughs> hey, you are a cool guy because for years I've been listening to your show and forcing my girlfriend to listen to it as well. So. Oh, no. <laughs> we would go get hamburgers and I'd be I'd have, you know, Beyond Synth on blast and she's sitting there eating eating a hamburger and I'm just like you know listening to you and you're like saying fuck this and fuck that <laughs> and she's like oh you can say that on the show I guess so wait, wait what's your girlfriend's name Cassie alright Cassie I, I apologize <laughs> I formally apologize to you I'm sorry <laughs> anyone who like <laughs> hey you gotta listen to this is just oh no <laughs> these poor people um, well look uh, Listen, enough about that. Let's listen to something cool. I want to listen to another track from this album. And uh, and this is one I really dug. It's an instrumental track. It's called Little Tokyo. So let's listen to that and then we'll be back. Uh, this is a Little Tokyo by Elevate the Sky.
And that was Elevate the Sky with Little Tokyo. And I'm here right now with Elevate the Sky right now. Scott! Yeah. Whose real name is Eric, but he prefers Scott. That's right. <laughs> this is something I like people who actually listen to the show over the years. Is there any time you were ever listening and you were like, man, if I was on this show, here's what I would say? You know, I don't remember, but I will pretend like I had something and it'll be like, hey, what's up, Neon Fox? What's up, Karn Zoe Lee? What's up, gang? No, I mean, like, no, 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 those people don't count. I mean, like, uh, you know, like you, (laughs) you know, like you're listening and like, I'm talking to a guest and we say something that you really disagree with and you get really upset. You know what? And you're like, oh man, if I was on this show, I'd tell them that fucking that movie's great and they're stupid or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever disagreed. (laughs) You're a very agreeable guy. I I like that. I just went with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even that episode where we just talked about how great white supremacy was. You didn't have a problem with that one? Darn it. I missed that episode. (laughs) That was a very special episode. You remember that Fashway back in, I guess it was like 2015, 16. It was like this big deal or something. Oh, dude. Wave is so racist and Fashwave. Oh, my God. And there was three artists. There's literally (laughs) like three of them. And then they get a fucking Guardian article. No one ever fucking wrote about Synthwave. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's all fucking, like, nobody cares, and all of a sudden, like, well, there's a Nazi there, we better talk about this. I'm like, why don't you talk about the yeah. fucking great music that cool people are making? Yeah. Oh, my, like, there was this time where everyone was, like, so excited to talk about Nazis, and they would just, like, find them all over the place. Oh, yeah. It was really frustrating, yeah. because there was so much great people and talented music coming out of this scene, and then the fucking... <laughs> One mainstream article is about some fucking idiot who didn't even make good music. They just took electronic yeah. music and put Hitler speeches over. Like, I could do that. Yeah. I do that. And it's the best. They just gave them 15 minutes of fame by doing that. Yeah. It's like, just don't talk about them and they'll disappear. Well, at least they won't get famous. You know? That was my thing. Because I, like, I, I literally didn't even mention it. Like, the first time I ever brought it up was probably only like a few years ago. Like, I never talked about it at the time. Because I was like, I'm not giving this any fucking airtime. But now it just kind of <laughs> bugs me just because how lazy it was. Yeah. And I thought it was a joke. I remember one of the dudes, like, the song names, like, it seemed like a joke, so I thought it was funny at first, because I'm like, oh, I get it, it's one of these, like, fucking trolls, (laughs) like, you get get your sense of humor from South Park, and you're like, I I get it, I'll make a fucking thing that's, like, offensive or whatever. (laughs) And then when I sort of paid a slight more attention to some of the song titles and lyrics, it's like... Oh, this isn't funny. It's it's (laughs) crazy because everything is blurred. You know what I mean? Like, there are people out there that do it as a joke. And then there are those who take it serious. And it just is blurred now. (laughs) Well, I think then people need to be conscious of their audience. Yeah. Because that's when I can sort of tell, like, okay, something's off here. Like, you know, at this time, there's so many people who go like, oh, you can't do do these things in comedy anymore and this and that. Meanwhile, I'm still seeing a ton of funny shit all the time. Yeah. There are. People just have to be aware of like, you know, you can see your audience and if you're going in a direction and you can read all the comments and people are like not taking it the way that you're intending it. Yeah. Then you just have to get on top of that shit. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid to lose their audience or they get like you do something and then your audience goes a certain way and you don't want to lose popularity. So you start pretending to like what they like. Yeah. And yeah, so that's the problem because there's some stuff like there's some dark shit that I find really funny, but... It's tough when you're laughing at something and you're like reading the comments under and like people are like acting like it's serious. It's like, yeah, that's a real good point. I'm like, the dude's being ironic though, man. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's very trendy. If you look back to comedy, it's always been in waves of like, it'll get really politically correct and then it, it will get really loose. And the funny part is I think it really takes a person that might be the butt of the joke to break that. 
For instance, let's say Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, they came in at a time when it was kind of happening. And then they kind of broke that door down. And then it was like really not politically correct for a little part of the 80s. And it was just kind of going waves, you know, for back and forth, back and forth. But yeah, I just think it just takes somebody that I think as long as you're original and you know your audience, like you said, I think you have the ability to kind of almost be able to say anything you want, but you just got to know how to do it. You know, you, you can always tell when somebody's really cheap about it, you know, kind of like the comedy movies that are really like forced, like, oh, we'll throw in sex. It's so funny. And then it's like not really that funny because it's so overdone. So it's just like that. Right. <laughs> not to like <laughs> take your example so literally, but I've always found I've always been confused by that. Yeah. There's a few things when it comes to R-rated comedies that always confused me and it was nudity and gross-out scenes Yeah, because it always felt like, oh, it's an R-rated comedy so there has to be some nudity and there has to be a scene where people vomit or slip in shit or something. <laughs> I never understood that connection. Yeah. Like, why is there a gross-out scene in, like, every R-rated comedy? Like, it's not funny to me. Like, it's just, it's like, it's gross. Yeah. And then nudity is another one that I'm always like, there's nothing, I, I don't know how to express this properly, there's nothing funny to me about a naked lady. Yeah. Like, they're not funny to me like once i see a naked lady my brain sort of switches modes yeah <laughs> and it's like oh naked lady and it switches to like naked lady mode yeah and there is something funny about dinks because they're stupid looking so like i find a naked man funnier that like i don't find a naked woman funny at all and i also find them distracting even in action movies yeah like in the 80s action movies where for no reason they would always like walk into a strip club and there's be like some ladies naked <laughs> It's fine to see them. Like, I like seeing them, but I don't know. It's like it never really helps the plot or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, it kind of goes back to kind of almost like a cheap shot. Hey, we'll throw this in there because it might help the movie out. A lot of people like naked people, so... And maybe that's yeah. the difference, like, with stuff now. It's just that I think the internet has made the need for that go away yeah. like because i think like in the in, you know in the 80s it was maybe it was like a cool thing oh i'm gonna see an action movie and maybe i'll see some boobs and i'll be like exciting <laughs> and obviously like with the internet now seeing boobs is not a very exciting thing and so yeah. there's like kind of less reason to have that sort of gratuitous nudity and stuff because people are sort of like yeah whatever yeah they're desensitized to it now <laughs> but yeah i mean once again i just think things go in waves and sometimes trends can really kill stuff so being innovative is the key to bringing things back to life you know kind of like synthwave right like the 80s sound you know stranger things and turbo kid and there's so much cool stuff that come out of this resurgence but i don't think it would have happened if it sounded exactly like the 80s you know it took people to just kind of like throw in a little 90s touch 2000s and just kind of reinvent the wheel but i feel like we're back at that again where now it's like not so innovative anymore so that's life right that's always been one of the trickiest things with this genre in general it's like i mean obviously there's been stuff throughout the whole history of synthwave that's been very sort of samey and kind of plain but then if you veer too far away then it, is it synthwave anymore and like how much can you bend it before it just isn't that thing yeah and then what do you do when a genre is like very particular like it's a tricky thing it is but i mean i think the great thing is is this is every genre of music you have your listeners who just listen to music and they catch the trends and the waves and they just kind of move on with their life what, what's the next trend 
Then you have the people who just love music. So they're always searching for something fresh and new. And what's great about that is they keep the stuff alive that is innovative within each scene. Like I've always thought like Alpha Chrome Yayo is one of the most creative and great artists, but he's not even close to the level of the midnight in terms of popularity. And it's like, why? You know, because most people, they latch on to the most trendy and popular sounding stuff. Right. And that's everything. And because of that, but it's still fun to at least know that we can go listen to that or we can listen to, you know, system glitch or something that's just has a fresh sound to it with the influence of Synthwave together. Yeah, I think it's just people like they like what they like, yep. which is a dumb thing to say. But I've noticed <laughs> that like when I play like Synthwave stuff for my wife, like she likes 80s music, but it's more like she likes the stuff she knows. Yeah. And to me, I just I like the sounds. I like it, the technical. So like when another band comes along, if they make something that sounds, you know, electronic 80s music or whatever, that's exciting to me because it's like it's another thing I can add to the collection of stuff to listen to. Like I do like building a, a collection of awesome music and what's fun to me is to find things that I don't recognize but that tickle that itch you know or whatever like tickle the itch that's not an expression is it <laughs> I think so tickle scratch the itch maybe yeah I forgot what that was <laughs> now I think my wife gets gets a lot of her music from TikTok it's not the radio anymore so now yeah. we're driving and then like my, my wife puts on her playlist and it's like this fucking song you've heard this like a million times on TikTok videos <laughs> like yeah. that earworm thing if you just hear a song a million times and I think that works on people it does for me I find it really annoying so, sometimes I get frustrated by patterns like when I start to notice patterns yeah not in a like insane person way but like if like a commercial comes on so many times and it's playing the same song and then like another commercial comes out and it plays the same song as the other commercial yeah because it's like a trendy song I, I get mad yeah there's like millions of things you could put here right now like why do you have to just follow the trend and just play the same fucking thing that the other one played oh man it it bugs me too especially in movies or television shows yes because yes the library is so vast but yeah i mean i think most of that has to do with just licensing so certain companies you know whether it's a movie company or whatnot they have a specific library they pick out of you know because they don't want to pay as much money as they can save they'll they'll do it in any way possible and one of those ways unfortunately is to save by not really going out there and paying for music so they just keep the same libraries and stuff that is not, I forget what, what they're called, but there's a specific person that works at like a music label that will keep all the old stuff alive. You know what I mean? Like the doors and whatnot, like that's their job to kind of find a way to get that onto stuff. And then you have the rest of the, the team who's just like basically getting the new stuff on there, you know, looking for the hottest trends. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, the, the movie one drives me nuts because it's either let's play the a huge hit from last year so that's like when you see like a trailer for trolls or something <laughs> or any dreamworks movie it'll be the one hit that was like wasn't this a hit like two years ago yeah and then a bunch of rock crap from like the 90s where you like that's just been in every other dreamworks movie like they just all have the same soundtrack yeah and then there's just like these go-to songs especially in trailers like a love thing will happen and then hello by lionel richie will play <laughs> and it's like, dude, I've seen this exact joke like a hundred times. Like, yeah. it just bugs me when you're dealing with like a creative field. Yeah. Do you want to be the person who's like the millionth person to like, 
and then and then there's a scene and then all of a sudden like painted black by fucking Rolling Stone stars playing I'm like dude I've seen this scene like fucking 50 times like what like yeah. you're gonna play the same song like come on especially if it's already iconic from another movie yeah. the thing with mainstream music is it conjures like we all have attachments to music and so when you play a mainstream song you also have to deal with the emotional baggage that the viewer is bringing because they're hearing that song mm-hmm. so it's like you know, michael jackson beat it and people just go if they like that song then they like the scene or whatever but people might not like that song you have to deal with that which is why i always think you should just put original songs that people haven't heard like putting no-name actors in movies you know where you go like here's a new experience and here's an actor who you don't recognize so you you're not coming at it with like you know your history with the movies that you've already seen them in and then if you hear a song you've never heard before then you're going to just associate it with the movie you're watching instead of that's the song that was playing when that guy kicked my ass (laughs) yeah anyway (laughs) yeah it's mainly because they're playing it safe and it's irritating because they have the power to get people used to and conditioned to something fresh and new i felt the same way about especially like stranger things like don't get me wrong i thought kate bush and metallica and motley Crue and all that stuff on the show was cool but it's like that could have been a perfect opportunity for them to reach out to the synthwave scene and just fill it full of all these new artists, you know? Yeah. And that could have done something, I think, for the scene. But instead, they're just going to play the same old stuff. It is irritating, but these movie companies are playing it safe. And all they have to do is realize that, you know, when you look back to the 90s, when Nirvana broke open the door, you know, you had glam metal, but then Nirvana comes along and just wipes that out well they just always wait for that instead of trying to like find it and create it and you know because they have that power it's just like you said earlier the more you hear something you're gonna like it eventually at least for the most part except me with fucking uh alana miles black velvet (laughs) oh oh yeah i still i hear that song like so many i started filming my clock radio every time that song comes on i have a local radio station that i think only only actually has the rights to play like 30 songs (laughs) And Black Velvet is one of them, so, like, it's just... (laughs) Anyway, listen, I want to listen to some of your music, all right? Let's do it. So how about we listen to Outrun? I'm just going to sit here in silence until you say yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Outrun. (laughs) I thought you were going to come back and say, we're back! This is Outrun by Elevate the Sky.
that was Outrun by Elevate the Sky, and I'm here with Elevate the Sky right now, Scott. We are talking about... What are we talking about? We're talking about movie soundtracks and overuse of songs, and yes. in 2014 you were at the mall and you heard Electric Youth, and uh, what else? And that was history. That was <laughs> all she wrote, as they say. <laughs> Yeah, just discovering Synthwave and we're talking about how things get stagnant and, you know, overuse of the same music and, you know, which happens in everything, which is the way I feel right now about my own music. Like when I'm writing songs, I'm like, I just don't want to write that anymore. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so then what's going on in your free time here? Are you playing any games? Are you relaxing? What goes on? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, I just got back from visiting some friends uh, grew up with, um, went to school with and everything, which is really a blessing because, um, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't stay friends with their school buddies after a while. But, uh, you know, just got back from doing that. And, uh, oh, and actually, um, a friend is coming. I don't know if you've heard of Sunset Surrender, which is also a synthwave artist, is coming out to visit Los Angeles this week. So we're going to hang out. So that's going to be fun. So I've been able to kind of do other things because there for a while I was just working on all the music and mixing and all that kind of stuff. Wait, so you haven't had any time to relax, to chill out? Oh no, oh no, I don't, I don't do that often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had an Oculus, but unfortunately, I was not very smart and had soda next to it and spilt that on my Oculus, which is actually probably a good thing because i was just stuck on that forever i would stay in that thing from the time i got up to the time i went to bed so <laughs> i can't do the vr games where you move i can only do like room scale yeah and the ones where you sort of stand still yeah certain games will affect me that way some of the m games with movement i was fine I found that if I would take it slow and just kind of, if I were to move to try to, to focus my eyes where I was moving and not do it fast, I, I found that moving really fast and then like maybe my eyes didn't catch up with where I moved, that's when I would start to get sick. So I was just kind of practiced at that and it got better. But one of the games that still made me sick was like this roller coaster game. I just could, couldn't get used to that one. Yeah, it sucks. I wish I could play those types of games. Yeah. Because the only ones I can do, because I tried a, uh, uh, not Oculus, what's the Facebook one? The the MetaQuest. Mm -hmm. And I tried the MetaQuest 3 that's got the uh, mixed reality stuff. Like, Because I was worried because after playing like other things that sort of gave me nausea, I was like, maybe I can do mixed reality and I can do that and feel okay like when you just see your own house around you but like zombies just smash through the walls and stuff yeah and then i can do the room scale games like as long as i'm the person doing the moving but it's crazy how the second i play a game where you move forward by pushing you know up on the joystick yeah like my disorientation is immediate there's not even like a you know after a few minutes you start to feel weird the moment the camera moves and i'm not moving with it like my legs yeah it's instant like it feels feels like the world has just been like pulled from under me like a carpet yeah and i can't do it so what i'd like to do though like those the meta quest like scans your whole room so i, I just want to go like to someone who has like a big garage or something you know and just play in like just a giant open area or like a gym or something yeah same that'd be cool yeah because i would hit too much stuff in the room yeah like, <laughs> like soda cans you know end up the next day with all these bruises and cuts because it's like you know it doesn't matter how big your room is unless, like you said, it's as big as a garage or something like that. Then, yeah, I would love to have just a building dedicated to that. 
<laughs> I think that's going to be the future. Like someone's got to do, if I had money and could invest, what I would do is this. I Instead of doing like laser tag, I would have a structure built and I would do it based on classic multiplayer levels from video games. So it would be a real place. Like, so like we actually build yeah. like the facility from GoldenEye and it's a real place. But then you wear virtual reality headsets and then that populates the world with like, you know, characters to shoot at and stuff. Yeah. And then it also adds textures to the wall because then what you would do. So you're you're in a real place and then but you you move around freely and then you change like the way the, the game looks. So, you know, the walls are all just sort of padded, nice kind of soft material in case you run into them and then it's like oh I want it on GoldenEye mode so it looks like the facility from GoldenEye but then like oh I want this to be like a science fiction thing where you shoot robots and then it changes the walls so they look like spaceship walls and stuff Yeah. but like the geography of the map is the same. That would be awesome. And then play with other people too and you all have so there'd be like real multiplayer where there's people running around the map with you. Yeah man that'd be fucking wicked. Yeah I would be down for that. For sure. Maybe the whole thing inside is made of like, you know, all kinds of cushioning and stuff. So you could flip off of stuff and land on your back if you wanted to. (laughs) I guess they could still get sued if you land on your neck or something, but you'd just sign a waiver or something. I feel like it should be made from the play place. Like, you know, when you go to like a McDonald's play area and they have that kind of matting. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I would make it out of. So it's like it's still solid enough that you can move around, but then it has to take into consideration that you're going to swing your arm and punch the wall or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, the 3D world would be mapped on the real world. So really, you would see all the objects you could bump into. Like, they, it, there wouldn't be anything invisible. Like, the wall is the wall. Yeah. Because most of the time, you you hit something because, you know, in the game world, there's nothing in front of you. But in the real world, there's a lamp or your girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. And then you start strangling that lamp and all of a sudden you find out, oh crap, I'm strangling my girlfriend. Yeah. I just wanted to strangle this lamp. <laughs> Accidentally hit punch somebody in the face yeah. and yeah, <laughs> trip over something and knock down the television and everything. Oh, that'd be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be awful. I'm sure it's happened before. What am I talking about? You spilled a drink on your Oculus and it broke? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It fried it. Here's the horrible part. I wasn't even That's playing That's an expensive game. device? <laughs> yeah. That's it, the horrible part. Yeah, that is the horrible part. But the, the, the worst part is I wasn't even playing. I wasn't. It wasn't even on my head. I was just sitting there with a drink and was not smart enough to have my Oculus Quest up high somewhere but no i had to leave it on the ground as i was taking a break and well that's it (laughs) just it's gone forever oh there's nothing worse than whenever i feel like i'm comfortable and everything's okay just when something dumb happens where your life becomes about that chore for the next little while yeah there's nothing more frustrating to me than i'm i'm going I'm, i'm sitting there i'm like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna do some editing i'm gonna do this and that and then as i'm walking i just fucking knock a cup off the table and it's like yeah so i guess this is the my next 20 minutes is fucking sweeping up glass <laughs> Like, and it, yeah. it always drives me nuts when, like, just a chore gets invented. Yes. And, like, oh, I guess I'm soaking fucking coffee out of a carpet now, and that's <laughs> going to be my life for the next hour, like, trying to get rid of this stain. And it's just like, yeah. you know, I didn't go into today thinking I needed to fucking suck coffee out of a carpet, but... <laughs> and glass is the worst, too, because you're just looking everywhere because you definitely don't want to step on it. And for fuck's sakes... You never get it all. No, you don't. The other day, (laughs) 
I was moving a fucking table and I was like, you know what? I don't need to... Here's my life lesson I've learned. Never do the fucking shortcut. Never. You always pay the price. And for me, it literally is always that way where I'm like, I'm I'm moving a table and it's covered with stuff. And I'm like, you don't need to move the stuff. It'll be fine. You're just sliding the table. So, of course, I go underneath the table and I had to like, I'm like I, and I had to push it just like an extra inch. I'm like, okay. And I push it an extra inch and this fucking like glass oh. jar thing, because my dad fills this house with, with ornaments. And so it's like a museum. It fucking fell and smashed on my head, dude. This was like the oh. other day, like the whole. And Ouch. I mean, I, I was more concerned. I'm like, I hope my dad never notices I did that because, like, I think that was valuable. Yeah. Anyway, it just fucking broke on my head, and it was like, I so then that was the whole thing. Like, the chore was supposed to be move this table, and now it's like, I guess I'm on glass cleanup duty. <laughs> And you can never clean it all. And it's always like three days never. later, you're sort of walking by that area and you see like a little glint of light yeah. on like a little thing. And like, dude, I fucking swept. I vacuumed. How the fuck <laughs> did I miss this fucking piece of glass? Like, it's just this really obvious yeah. piece of glass. <laughs> and it happens every time. Oh, yeah. And you'll always find one really far away, like maybe even behind something like what the how did that even happen how did it travel and go curve around <laughs> did you ever watch dexter oh my gosh yes i love that show yeah so i'm just picturing now like there's probably someone who's like he's got like the string from where the fucking glass breaks and he's got like the strings pointing like all around the room and just like because i've always wanted an explanation it's the same with um how all of my cables always get wrapped around each other yeah like way too many times for it to make sense. Yeah. You know, like I can have like a pair of headphones and like a microphone cable and I'll, I'll just set the headphones down on the table and when I come back next time, the headphone cable is somehow wrapped around the microphone cable as if someone ran around it like four times. <laughs> yeah. They have a life of their own. How did this happen? I just set it down, but now the act of picking it up is causing me to pull the microphone stand off the table because of the way these cables are now intertwined. I just want to set up fucking like cameras just to film i just want to see there's some little elf that just like runs in here at nighttime and a little fucking tire cable i don't know why he talks like that but (laughs) he he ties my cables (laughs) yeah seriously i mean it doesn't matter how well you lay your cables or wrap them they're always gonna you know intertwine and just get all messy and i hate that too I also hate it when you have the microphone, like a microphone or even headphone cable that gets all twisted and no matter what you do, it's still going to curl back up and you're just like, I need that length, the length of the cable here. (laughs) And it's like all twisted and curling back up. And no matter how much you you stretch it out, it it just doesn't work. There is no way (laughs) to fix that, right? I know. I I guess just buy something else. Because I know I did did reverse an old phone cable, but it was just for a prop because I wanted it to have like the springy curl again and it was all like twisted out of whack. And I heated it up. Oh. And then I wrapped it around like a marker or like a tube Hmm. to get the shape back in its curls. Yeah. And it actually worked. I mean, I don't know if the phone ever worked again because it was just a prop phone. So, (laughs) but but I did get the shape of the wire back, but that's a, that's a totally different thing. That's cool, Andy. Yeah, man. That is super cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, earlier when you were talking about resumes and if you had to get another job, well, you just found it. You're right. I can go work for the phone company. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Anyway, listen. After that riveting story, I've decided we should listen to some music. Let's listen to Moving in the Shadows, and uh, and then we'll keep talking. So this is uh, this is Moving in the Shadows by Elevate the Sky. Mm-hmm. 
And that was Elevate the Sky with the track Moving in the Shadows. I'm here with Elevate the Sky right now, Scott. We're talking about cables getting tangled. (laughs) Pouring drinks onto Oculuses. Yeah, very synthwave stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I feel your pain, man. Do you ever see that video where I tried to fix my uh, iMac? Oh, I think so. I think it's on my Vimeo page. Oh, yeah. I bought a hard drive and I tried to install it myself into an iMac and it was one of those iMacs you know they're not as thin as they are now but it was still where you had to like buy a kit where you know you pull the screen off because it's not like a regular computer you have to like peel away some sticky stuff and then use suction cups to pull the screen off or whatever yeah and then when I put the screen back the cables for the hard drive were so tiny that they weren't connected properly so I had to take the screen off again except I had just put on all that fresh new sticky tape and then when I tried to take it off the second time I cracked the screen (laughs) well it's in the video the scream I make I mean some people find it pretty funny oh my goodness because it is a funny scream because it's just I'm just horrified because in that one moment I'm like well it's a thousand (laughs) dollars <laughs> like oh, stupid man. Mac screens are like nine hundred dollars uh, to fucking replace. Yeah, and I wanted to sell the damn thing too, and I'm just like, well, there goes the resale value, all in one dumb moment. It's all it takes, and it seems to happen a lot. <laughs> no matter what you do in life, it's like get ready. You know, it's like what what is it? The saying is like, if things are going swimmingly or smooth, get ready because. It's about to go to shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the expression, but I feel that Well, way. no, but I, I, it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more beautiful sounding. But, yeah, yeah. I, li- I like yours. <laughs> you know what they say, when things are going swimmingly, it's about to go to shit. <laughs> that's my whole mentality. It's something I, I have difficulty with. Like, I'm never comfortable feeling good yeah. because... I'm always concerned that if I acknowledge that things are going okay, then some ironic fate will happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I can't admit out loud that like, hey, things are going okay. Because if I do, tomorrow I'll fucking fall down the stairs or, you know, something stupid will happen. And so I always have to sort of temper every single positive emotion I have. So even when things are good and I'm happy and comfortable, I still always have to remind myself that things could be bad or not enjoy it too much because then it would be ironic if things fucked up yeah oh yeah i don't know what the solution to that is either i feel like i have a lot of questions today and no solutions (laughs) join the club (laughs) yeah i mean i think a a balance is a good place to be right enjoy it but don't get lost in it to the point to where you're just gonna think that okay well from here on out things are great always expect the worst (laughs) (laughs) The first part of that sentiment sounded okay. I guess I'm just envious of people who can, like, even though I I think boasting is, like, the worst, one of the worst human qualities. Yeah. And I don't like when people boast and it annoys me. But then there's part of me that's, like, kind of envious and jealous of people that can do that as well. Like, they just think their life is so awesome and they just walk around talking about how awesome everything is happening for them. Yeah. And there's part of me that's just like... God, that must be cool to just be that confident about how good things are in your life that you can just say that even. And oftentimes it's these people who like horrible things are happening and it's like just like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, man, everything's going great. I'm like, isn't your house getting foreclosed? Like what? You know, but I wish I had that mentality where I could just spin the shit into gold or whatever. (laughs) That's not an expression either. (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, we're making all kinds of new expressions today. <laughs> this is <laughs> got to spin that shit into gold. Yeah, I like that. It's better than the the squeak. What is it? Uh, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's better than that one. So it's hey. kind of is, but at least that one sort of makes sense. <laughs> I think I was doing like a Rumpelstiltskin kind of thing because he because he spins the gold, but yeah, I don't think it's shit. He turns to gold. <laughs> Maybe that's a different character. Yeah, I don't think so either. Anyway, so what's 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 going on in the fucking in the in the life of Scott here? Is there something coming up for you that you're excited about? Uh, yeah. So I just released some CDs because I, I just released the uh, MP3 streaming, and tonight I just uploaded the CDs on Bandcamp. So I'm really excited about that, and been working on some videos. You know, nothing big or anything like that. Not like high production videos. I just kind of stuff I make on my own. Just have something to, to promote the music with. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. And hopefully, not 100% sure yet, but hopefully down the road, maybe next year, early next year sometime, I'm hoping to, to get some vinyl. That would be awesome. It's always been a dream to have a vinyl album, you know, that's expensive. Is vinyl still in, like, short supply, or has that been solved? I think it's okay now, but it seems like it's always off and on like that quite a bit. I think mainly because, you know, since we went away from that back in the, I guess, the 80s and 90s, you know, you just didn't have plants that made the vinyl, or at least not in the way they did back in the 60s and 70s and whatnot. And I think what happened is just out of the blue, like, everybody wants vinyl now. So I think that's why the demand overrode the supply. Yeah, I remember that. Because there was a pretty significant shortage during COVID, right? Like, I remember that was a thing where everyone's vinyl orders were, like, delayed by, like, six months because Adele wanted a million albums or something. I feel like everyone was blaming (laughs) Adele. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because prior to that, I mean, you know, you had people that would go to, like, these record shops and stuff and get old vinyl, but then all of a sudden just, you know, maybe not single-handedly Synthwave, but I think Synthwave is a big part of kind of bringing back the, you know, everybody wanting vinyl. So because of that, uh, you know, you had people making fresh vinyl, not just collecting vinyl that's already been made years ago and setting in a record shop somewhere, you know. So I don't think people were prepared for that. I mean, the vinyls I have, people just sent to me, and they're more just, like, collector's things that, like, I would just, like, put up on a wall or something. Yeah. I feel like they're missing a trick by just produce the album cover, and then instead of putting a record inside, just, like, a a lump of plasticine or something that, like, weighs the same. Yeah. You know, and save the vinyl for the people who are actually going to put it on the record player. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I don't even have a record player. I only have, like, maybe four vinyl albums but um eventually i would like to but the only reason though is because i like the art cover you know i like the art on the cover and it being that big as far as like you know of course you have audio files that will argue that it sounds better i mean i think there's a different sound i think it's very subjective whether it sounds better than all the other mediums but i think overall cds and you know even mp3s yes there's a little bit less quality, but I don't think it's so much that it, it's just like, I'm not listening to music now, you know? But there are people out there, though, that just swear by vinyl, and that's just what they want, that vinyl sound. But yeah, I would just be fine just having the albums just to look at and not ever playing them, you know? Yeah. When it comes to, like, the audio quality, like, MP3s, to me, are fine. Like, I actually don't... Yeah 
notice the difference between like a 320 like the only time I ever noticed a difference with MP3 compression was like in the early days of like Kazaa and Napster and stuff oh yeah because yeah, yeah I, I downloaded a lot of music on a slow internet connection there was a lot of songs that were compressed you know to be like fucking I mean even when I put out Beyond Synth I put it out at 96 oh wow so that the file sizes are smaller because it's a podcast like it's a tough balance to reach because it's a music show but it's also still a podcast yeah and I can't be releasing a fucking 500 megabyte download, you know, every time an episode comes out. Like, it has to be smaller than that. Yeah. And I can see you now with all your external hard drives just to be able to put all this stuff on there. Well, dude, I already have a shitload of those because, like... <laughs> Well, I guess because there's like over 380 episodes of the show. So like there's that, like yeah. just all the amazing backup files and stuff. But yeah, but I've never noticed, like, I mean, I know some, like my brother was like collecting all these flack files and I would listen to them and I'm like, I feel like, do I need a better stereo to hear the difference between this? Like, cause I don't hear it. And I feel like the only way to appreciate it is if I now invest like thousands of dollars into some speakers and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're going to definitely hear a difference depending on the type of system you have, the type of headphones, you know, the quality of it, uh, the frequency spectrum that it has, then yes. But for most people, especially now, I mean, most people are just, you know, they'll listen on their phone or those really cheap iPod earphones or whatever. So yeah, I don't I don't think they care as much. But yeah, you're, you're going to have that select group of people that they have that monster system in their house and they're going to hear it and go, oh, this sucks. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even when you subscribe to like Spotify and you set it to high quality, it's still not 320, is it? Like, isn't the high quality for streaming like 160 or whatever, or 180 or something? Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, because they're going to compress it. Because, I mean, that's also the argument with people getting really loud mixes. It's like, it's understandable if you're going to put it on a CD or something. Because you're, you're going to retain that loudness, that level. But once you put it on streaming services they're going to compress it so it's not going to be loud like you know you want it to be yeah so i think that plus the bit rate you know the quality is definitely not going to be what you want it to be so yeah i don't think they're there yet and i don't know if they will they probably don't really care yeah, yeah. it's like hey people listen to music anyway you know 160 180 yeah it's the same as like streaming movies and stuff like there's a little bit of compression and artifacts and stuff, but just the convenience yeah. of not having to put a disc in the machine is enough for most people. So yeah. if you're like that kind of nerd that really cares, then you you know, you know watch your, your, your physical media that you own. Yeah. But for the most part, even I don't even notice. Just like if I'm watching like an action movie and there's like a lot of fast motion yeah. and you're watching it on Netflix and oh, you see like weird compression and stuff. Or yeah. It's funny to me that like HBO I think they only recently changed their logo because the original logo has this like this fuzzy TV effect yeah and on streaming it can't do that <laughs> so like every time an HBO show starts like if you're watching like classic HBO shows on streaming like it always goes all pixelated and weird when the HBO <laughs> is up there because it can't do the fuzzy TV thing yeah anyway looks <laughs> This is all good stuff, right? <laughs> listen, let's listen to another song. Let's do that. I want to listen to We Are The Dreamers. How about that? That's a perfect track featuring Michael Oakley. Yeah, man, I know him. So let's uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's listen to that, and then we'll, uh, we'll come back. So this is uh, We Are The Dreamers by Elevate The Sky. Fe is it featuring Michael Oakley? Yeah. What's the official thing here? Featuring Michael Oakley. 
<laughs> okay, no, because in your in the version yeah. you sent me, it doesn't say that next to the track, so I don't know if that's like. Yeah, I, it doesn't say it now. You know, since we put it on the album, but when we released it as a single, but it's still the same exact version. So, well, the bottom line is it's cool. So let's do it. This is we are the dreamers. Yes. 
that was We Are the Dreamers by Elevate the Sky, featuring Michael Oakley. I'm here right now with Elevate the Sky. Scott, hey, is there something you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? Oh, I know. Uh, do you have a particular track that's your favorite? Maybe we can talk about the process of that song or something. It's a good question. I honestly oh. think my favorite one is Little Tokyo. I like that song. Oh, cool. It's kind of got like that's a great. video game kind of vibe. Yeah, thanks. Or is Dreamers going to be the final song, or are you going to take us out with one more song? If you take us out with one more song, maybe we should talk about that song. <laughs> now you're expecting a level of professionalism <laughs> from me that I just can't deliver. <laughs> All good. I'm very spontaneous, so I, I go with the flow. I just go with the flow. Also on this album, though, you do have a balance of uh, instrumentals and vocal tracks. Like, do you know going into it, like, is that an intentional thing? Or do you want to do vocals on all of them? And then some of them you just decide not to? Or was was it always going to be a mix? Uh, a little bit of both. So I, I kind of went into it, you know, definitely wanted some instrumentals. You know, I definitely know there's a lot of people in the synthwave scene. Or, well, maybe not a lot. But there's some people in the synthwave scene that just do not like the vocal synthwave stuff. So I at least try to have a few on there for them. And, you know, going into it, there was a couple tracks that... I started writing vocals to that it just didn't happen and so i decided instead of scrapping the song i just decided well i'll just keep it as an instrumental and it and it worked out and that would be like santa monica actually i was going to work with the holly dots and parallels to do that song and you know of course our schedules didn't allow that to happen so that didn't work out she went on tour and all this kind of stuff then i was going to work with bunny x same thing happened you know they were working on an album and so it just didn't pan out so then i said oh i'll give it a shot and i just did not like my vocals to it so i said you know what it's gonna be an instrumental and that's how that happened. When it comes to the actual like production of music and stuff, I mean, obviously you're like a guitar guy too, right? Because you, uh, oh yeah, you like I to shred. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've just been doing this now to troll my audience, but I like filling an entire conversation with somebody and like never talk about music until the very, very end. <laughs> And that's where I'm like, maybe we should talk about your process. But like, was that your instrument? Or were you always into like the synth stuff? Or are you a guitar guy? I started out with the synth thing because my brother played piano in the 80s. And he bought a synthesizer. He had an Alpha Juno. And I loved it. You know, I'd just go, you know, mess around with that. I didn't know how to play any of that stuff. But I would just like, like you said earlier about just the sounds alone was just enough. So you could just play a, a note and just sat there and listened to that. So it really started out with that because Blade Runner was one of the first movies that really caught my attention as far as synth-sounding music. And my brother would listen to that as well as Tangerine Dream a lot. So it wasn't until the mid to late 80s that I really started getting into the whole rock and metal thing and picked up guitar in the 90s. So guitar is technically my second love, but it really did kind of take over as my first love for years up until about, you know, the 2010s. Wait a second. Wait, how old are you? Too old. <laughs> 47. I always thought you were like a young guy. You look good for your age. Oh, thank you. I, I always thought I, I, I always thought you were a young guy for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, thanks. That means you're older yeah, than me. Yeah, around the block. You old bastard. <laughs> I'm 42. Well, you look young too, Andy. I just turned 42 like uh, last week. Just a number. And now I got to go on a diet. My body can't handle all the candies I want to give it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Okay. 
Well, that's cool. I got nothing else to say about that. I just, <laughs> I just for some reason, I thought you were like one of those dudes in like their early 30s. Like, that's what I thought. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, what's your bank account? I'll, I'll send it straight to your PayPal or Venmo. <laughs> oh, that explains this storied work history now. Because I'm sitting there thinking like, this dude's like 32 and he's worked like 80 jobs. Like, that's crazy. But now it makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was the uh, late bloomer. As they say, you know, I mean, I picked up the guitar, I guess I was probably 17 years old and, you know, I always loved music. I mean, that's the first memory I have is just listening to music in the living room with my parents, but I didn't even bother thinking about seriously playing an instrument until probably I was 17 when I picked up the guitar. Right. But when you started making stuff yeah, and you said it was like rock stuff, so like you weren't doing any keyboards for that, were you? No. There was one band I was in called U-Turn that I played keyboards. The main instrument was guitar, but I did play keyboards because we had, you know, for a rock band, it was kind of like Bon Jovi where there was like a little bit of keyboard in the background. It was kind of like that kind of stuff. It was nothing playing all these fancy notes like any of these major synthwave players now like playing all over the place but i still can't play like that i still can't play i just play mainly chords and melodies on the the synthesizer so yeah i guess technically the guitar really is my main instrument because once i picked that up i just kind of stuck with it and the only reason why i went back to keyboard after the fact is because everything changed you know like music was heading in a different direction it was all pop music and EDM. And so I thought, you know, I've got to do something that incorporates something different outside of the guitar because the guitar was, it was just not the thing anymore in the 2000s. So I just kind of started piddling around with the synthesizer in the 2000s. And as time went on, I discovered M83. And then, like I said, I discovered, you know, Laserhawk and Electric Youth. And that just kind of from that point on, I just kind of really stuck with synthesizer and really got into songwriting more than just noodling on the guitar, which is what I used to do, you know, in other bands, rock bands, just, oh, you know, solo time, you know, mm-hmm. so that's what I would do then. So like when you when you first decided to start putting like the, the synthwave element into some of those songs that you had already written, what was that process? Like what exactly were you doing? Like were you just like, well, the song's already here and I'll just do like a synth chord or like what were you trying to do? So by the time I started that project I was talking about Fears In, I'd already started incorporating some synthesizer. Like a, a big part of the song was the guitar, you know, like whether it would be guitar chords or, you know, distorted or clean guitar and... And then I would add mainly the synthesizer for layering, like maybe a pad or string sounds. But by the time I got to writing and trying to figure out how I was going to take some of the older songs and throw the synthwave stamp on it, I just kind of maybe added like, you know, the the famous poly six bass sound and throwing on some more like uh, poly synth sounding synthesizer sounds and pads and brass sounds. and, And then it just kind of, you know, from that point on, it just started becoming natural to me, you know. But at first, yeah, it was kind of hard because the kind of synth stuff I was doing was more like what you would hear in Coldplay or something. You know, you might hear strings in the background or something or a piano. Mm -hmm. So I had to completely adapt to this, oh, using all these analog sounding synthesizer sounds you would hear in like 80s movies and stuff like that. Right, right, right. So how about this? 
I know this is like an abrupt... <laughs> Look, we're, we were going to say goodbye, but then we ended up talking for a while. So how about you pick a song that you uh, that we haven't listened to yet? Cool. Or you can pick a song from anything you've ever done. How about that? Cool. Sounds good. And then we'll say goodbye. So this is the dealer's choice now. You you pick and elevate the song track to... Uh, elevate the song, I just said. <laughs> I think it's bedtime for me. Uh, <laughs> elevate the song. <laughs> hey, that's pretty creative. <laughs> oh my god alright you pick you pick a track and then we'll listen to it and then we'll say goodbye sounds good so I pick radio hearts beat in stereo now what what is this hearts beat in stereo in brackets well okay so I mean of course there's a lot of songs that have the same title throughout history you know and even I have songs without the brackets that are song titles that already exist but I just thought you know I wanted something to separate it from just being radio and the whole hearts beating stereo thing is just the whole kind of homage because the song is about me growing up listening to the radio and that's what really inspired my path in life but at the same time it's like those relationships you build because of music like the people you meet whether it was a girlfriend you met through music or a friend a great friend that you met through music and so i wanted to tie those two together like not only being inspired by the radio listening to it as a kid but also remembering because of that you made all these wonderful friends through that so it's just kind of like you know hearts beating stereo like we're beating together kind of really cliche and you know cheesy but hey it's the 80s you know 80s influence <laughs> so gotta have the cheese and it's also some good uh, search engine optimization. So if people go typing in your song and look for it, if they type in that extra brackets, they'll find your version of the song. That's true. You know, I didn't think of it that way. Well, this show is all about search engine optimization. And one of these days I'll learn how to do it. So uh, let's listen to this and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll wind down. So this is Elevate the Sky with Radio Hearts Beat in Stereo.
And that was Elevate the Sky with the track Radio. And then in brackets, Hearts Beat in Stereo. And I have been chatting with Scott in brackets, Eric. There you go. Well, listen, man, it's it's been fun chatting. People should go check out this album. Awesome. I've just been informed that October happens before November, which means this has already been released. <laughs> By the time this episode airs, it'll still be out. There you go. You, you don't plan on taking it off the market, do you? Oh, no. Not anytime soon, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, Andy. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Are you playing any shows in the near future or anything like that? Or are you just taking it easy or working on new tunes? What's what's the future hold for Elevate the Sky? Uh, no shows, unfortunately. At least not anytime soon. But I will be releasing like a short little EP in 2024 with Race Against Time. Because I did a music video with Brad Aikenan, who's done videos for Michael Oakley, FM84. This is a really cool video, and I can't wait to show that video. But I'm going to take a little break for a while and then release that in 2024. Do you find it difficult just to sit on something that you know is there? Yeah, because it feels so old. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like... Once you finish it and you don't release something, it just feels old and you almost feel like just, you know what, just scrap it. But sometimes you just got to force yourself and say, you know what, don't put a date on it. Don't put an age on it. Just release the thing, you know, and enjoy it. Yeah, I can't hold on to things. It's like the second something's edited, I have to put it out immediately. Yeah. And uh, so when I hear like artists who are just like, oh yeah, man, you know, I wrote this album last year and it's like, how the hell are you just... (laughs) (laughs) just sitting there without putting it out like don't you want to know what people think about it like it's just it's tricky (laughs) exactly well look I look forward to hearing that thank you All right. (laughs) 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 well look man it was fun chatting thanks Uh, you're a cool guy keep making cool music thank you Uh, go get uh, your girlfriend a glass of water or something (laughs) there you go without spilling it of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) I hear her coughing away back there, so... Yeah, unfortunately, she's under the weather, but uh, I was for the past few weeks, but luckily, you know, I'm better now, so, yeah. You eating your vitamin C? Oh, yeah. Get my vitamin C, all the antioxidants. Gots to, this time of year, you know. I think I still don't know what an antioxidant is. I hear that word a lot. And maybe you heard that word a lot when you were working at Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's just basically, you know, free radicals or bacteria, viruses, all these things, you know, just like us need oxygen to spread and that kind of stuff. So antioxidant is just, you know, a a different way. Well, I mean, of course, it's not basically cutting off air, but it is something that is going to go in there and and fight all those bad things to, you know, make sure that you get well. Yeah. Well, that's the kindergarten version. Yeah, that's the version I need. This is a <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. Been too long for me to, to give you the real definition. So. Well, that's okay. It's just a perfect yeah. way to end this conversation. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to feel like, what's what's the stupidest thing that's got nothing to do with anything that I can <laughs> wind down on? <laughs> um, but look, you keep on being cool, and uh, you, when you put out your EP, we'll, uh, we'll play some tracks on the show. Thank you, thank you. And then you have a lovely evening. Thank you, you too.
All right, and that was my chat with Elevate the Sky. Hope you enjoyed that. Keep on being cool. Have a lovely day. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the show, uh, to support Beyond Synth on Patreon and on PayPal. It's patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And we'll do a little shout-out to Hugh Hefner, Robot Conglomerate, Emil, Zach, Whalen Kasky, Geospatial, Toots, and the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. Thank you, uh, as always, for your support. And that's the end of the show. So tune in next time to Beyond Synth. It's the best synthwave chat show there is, and I'm out of here. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening. Beyond Synth.